Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my 16-year-old little brother from New Zealand, Josh. We're here after a Bulls win, a 109-106 victory. Little house cleaning. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. While you're listening to this on the weekend, grab a beer and crack them. And be sure you're checking out Thrive Fantasy. It's a cool and tough new DFS, DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using top only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Use the promo code ONTAP, and once you deposit your first $10, Thrive will give you an additional $10. So check out Thrive Fantasy app that's found on iOS and Android. Josh, welcome to your first Bulls on Tap, my friend. I'm glad to have you on. Keith, a.k.a. Bull Scripted, is probably sleeping right now. So we're going to hit this game up. I just walked in from the United Center, so I want to get your views on the game before I even start getting into this shit. Yeah, what's going on, man? I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. Looking forward to talking some Bulls. Uh, just quickly on the game, I'm really happy of how the Bulls close this one out. You know, it's been – the season just been – they've been so dreadful at closing out these fourth quarters, and um, they came back from behind. They lost the lead, and they picked it back up, and thanks to some Denzel Valentine slash uh, Zach Levine heroics, they, they pulled through in the end. It was truly amazing. So obviously you're a huge, you know, a huge part now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you a huge part now of Bulls Twitter, which is awesome because you kind of came out of nowhere, man. That's kind of how I, I found you, and we started, you know, bullshitting and talking. So as we both know, in Bulls Twitter, we have a friend, a mutual friend, a guy I've met a few times, hung out with, been on his pod a few times. That's C Red Fred. Do you think he was freaking out tonight about, about Denzel hitting <laughs> these clutch shots, man? You think he was having a heart attack over there? So Fred was with the uh, the NBC Sports crew. He was doing the uh, the uh, Bulls after show with Matt, John, and Dave. So he was sitting with all those dudes, and I can imagine, you know, you know, Fred. He would have been freaking out, man. He would have been off the seat, going crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was so hilarious to see Denzel uh, hit a couple of those threes because I was with Juice tonight, and uh, people who've been listening to me for a long time and 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 know what I'm all about. Buzz and Juice was the first ever podcast that uh, I started doing. And he's my season ticket holder brother. And we both have him together. And he was just, he, he hates Denzel, man. So it was just so funny to watch Denzel hit these threes and make some good passes here and there, you know, get really helping the bulls get set up to win. But, um, yeah, so let's just like get right into the first quarter, man. So like, at, you know, I'm in the seats, I'm there, so it's really hard to like, you know, stay. I usually keep my computer open and I take notes during the game when I'm at home, but I can't really do that when I'm at the game. So, what did you think about the first half in general? Tell me what you saw that you liked and what you didn't like. Yeah, so the Bulls actually they came out pretty strong. Um, it was a pretty tight first quarter until obviously. Uh, Montrez Harrell went crazy. You know, he was going crazy on uh, Thaddeus Young, hitting some nutty shots, hitting some nice post moves, getting the free throw line a lot. Uh, he was really killing all the momentum that the Bulls actually had during that first half. I felt like he was a difference maker in terms of the Clippers uh, holding that lead because the Bulls made a few runs here and there. I think uh, 
Larry Markkinen had a really big first half. He had uh, eight points, eight rebounds. He was looking really sharp too. Um, I think the Bulls in the first half, they could have done a better job at containing, you know, the Clippers big man. But aside from that, I think it was it was fairly productive. Paul George wasn't, he wasn't doing anything too out of the ordinary. He wasn't really, uh, didn't have 25 at halftime like he did yesterday. So it was good to see the Bulls, specifically Chris Dunn, do a really good job at uh, keeping Paul George quiet, specifically the first half. Oh, absolutely. See, that was something that I had tweeted out, I think, before the game, is that I wanted to see KD on uh, on Paul George. I know that there's a size difference there, right? But KD is our most tenacious on-ball defender and arguably our best perimeter defender, um, which he, pro- he probably is. He's probably the best defender on the team besides, besides really Wendell. Um, Wendell's very good at defense, but finds himself in trouble a lot. But I think, you know, Chris is definitely a very, very good defender. But it was good to see him on on, on PG a little bit there to kind of try to keep him. Because you can't stop PG. You can only hope to contain PG. And I think the Bulls did cut. I'm, I'm not going to take the win away from them. I do think they caught a huge break tonight by not having to go against Lou Will, not having to face Pat Bev, and not having Kawhi out there. But they they did the business. They handled their business, and, and that's all you could want out of a night like tonight. And uh, getting to your your Lowry fact, 8-8 eight and eight in the first friggin' <laughs> for the first quarter for Lowry, or was it the first half, I'm sorry, the first half for Lowry, 8-8, eight and eight, and then he finishes the game with 13 points, but 17 boards, though. That, he, boy was killing it on the boards tonight. He had a couple clutch rebounds. I thought, you know, I thought he looked real good. Another thing I want to get into real quick Obviously, I'm no. I know you've heard the rumors about it. We've talked about it off air in our little private group chat that we have. Thad Young only getting 20 minutes, but he made everything he could out of those 20 minutes. What did you think about his play tonight? A lot of que- a couple questionable turnovers for Thad tonight, yeah, but I I think he ultimately did okay. Yeah, it's a fair statement to say he did okay. I think you know during those minutes offensively, he provided the Bulls with a little spark when. Markinen was out of the game when Zach Levine was out of the game. Um, so he did have 17 points, but the problem there was just his defense. He was getting cooked by uh, Harrell, and he was getting cooked really badly. I don't know if you saw that up in the stands, but, I mean, I certainly did from watching it uh, on my laptop. And I, I think with Thad Young, he, he, you're right, he did have a couple of bad turnovers, a couple of silly fouls, you know, getting back in transition, killing the Bulls' momentum. Um, but I think his offense really just sparked this Bulls bench to, you know, to pick it up back in the second half because the Bulls are still looking for that go-to scorer off the bench when, obviously, Kobe White, if he's having an off night, which he did tonight, you need to rely on somebody to pick it up. Thank God Denzel was there, but it was not really until the fourth quarter. And in the second quarter, it was all Thaddeus Young. And we've got to praise him for you know his good scoring. He was 7 for 12 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3. So it's good to see the Bulls get somebody tonight that came off the bench and gave him a little bit of a spark offensively. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's, and watching Kobe struggle, touching on what you just said there, watching Kobe struggle tonight, um, you know, he only got 13 minutes, man. He went 1 for 6 from the field, 0 for 3 from downtown, uh, finished with two turnovers. He was a minus 16 in the plus minus tonight. Um, you know, that that was when the Bulls really started losing it there in that first half. Um, you know, I Kobe's very streaky, and I feel that Kobe needs to – I, Kobe's not put in positions to succeed a lot. If you if you notice, a lot of Kobe shots come towards n- near the end of the shot clock because nobody else that Kobe's usually in the lineup with can create their own shot. So it usually comes down to Kobe to have to figure out the issue 
and 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 chuck up a shot. You know, usually a little hezzy step back, he shoots right. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work for him tonight. You know, he'll he'll bounce back. I, I hate to see that kid only play 13 minutes. So I'm being honest with you, I hate to see that because the the 12 minutes that Ryan Archie Diacono got make me physically ill. It hurts. Me. <laughs> it, it it literally it hurts. Yep. me. You know, like yep. I there's no reason this kid should be touching the floor. There's no reason for it whatsoever. And I'm not trying to sound like a dick. I know I'm sure you have listeners, and I'm going to shout out Bullish Pods right now because you're my little bro, and you know we're doing a little collab here between the two. You are with On Tap, but you got your pod. So yeah, I, I'm sure you have listeners that like Ryan. I know I do because every time I release one of these and I say something bad about Archie Diacono, I get blown up on Twitter. Um, but he is so bad. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but he is so slow, dude. He's so – it's like me out there, man. You know, like it's like literally I had a couple drinks tonight at the game. It's like me out there. Like he makes reads so much slower than an elite-level talent. Like, I mean, not even elite-level, a normal-level talent, not a G-leaguer. And uh, I just – those minutes should have went to, to, to Kobe, I think, um, or Shaq Harrison. I, I just – I'm done. I am done. But hey, we were both proved wrong, though, Josh, because we did not see Luke Cornett tonight. Were you happy about that? Oh my goodness! So, anytime the unicornet is what I'm never going to call him again after saying that. Anytime the unicornet touches the floor, the balls are in for trouble. He hasn't had. A, he hasn't been positive in the plus minus all season long, aside from preseason. I could be wrong on that, so don't quote me. Um, but he just thank God we did not see any Luke Cornett. I mean, I cannot go another. Another game that isn't garbage time without seeing this man and his uncoordinated body <laughs> touch the floor. This dude sits at the three-point line. He chucked up an air ball when the Bulls were playing the Hawks. He chucked up two air balls when he played the garbage time against the Hawks. And that's when I turned the game off. I was like, I've seen enough. The Bulls have won. I'm not watching this man play basketball. And I turned the game off. I do not want to see Luke Cornette. And sorry, I'm not trying to start a rant or anything, but thank God there's no more Cornette. Oh, dude, no rant, rants are cool and tough. We like doing rants over here, man. It's what make it's what makes this funny. So, like, you know, in a traditional podcasting sense, where we're gonna sit and talk stats or whatever, yeah, rants aren't cool. But this is not a traditional podcast. This is literally drinking a couple beers, not you yet, eventually, and you know, you know, and just talking what you saw, and you know, being. And that's what I wanted to kind of explain too. So let's get into this second half when the Bulls start rallying, okay? And you know, they're playing good. Or, well, I don't want to say good. They're playing serviceable where they're keeping up with the Clippers. And Chris Dunn, I think he deserves, like we said earlier, he deserves a lot of the praise for tonight. Chris Dunn was just, dude, he's unbelievable. And I I know people want to trade this kid. I just, I'm not willing and ready to give up on Chris Dunn because maybe he can't be a starter in the league, Josh, but I really think that he is a guy that can hold that second unit down. Because when Chris is engaged and he's attacking the rim, he's a different player. We already know what he could do defensively. But when he's attacking the rim, he's just a different player. And tonight he picked his shot. He had hit one three. It was a pretty clutch three that he hit too. He had hit one three and he hit it. He played to the strength of his game tonight, so I want to give him a huge shout-out just because I'm I'm a Chris Dunn guy. I, I really enjoy Chris Dunn on the team. And then we have to get into the man of the hour. We have to get into Zach Levine. And the second half, Zach really turned it on, and he really, you know, him and Denzel, they put the team on their back. So in the second half, more importantly, we'll just go in the fourth quarter here. What did you see from those two that 
Just, I mean, because, again, you're watching on TV, you're watching on a stream there. Like, what did you see from those two that I probably missed? I mean, there was a lot. It seemed like they were working well together in unison. It seemed like Denzel held it down until Zach came back in, and they played really well together. What did you see? Yes, just touching on Chris Dunn real quickly, I think you brought up a really good point. He played really well, and he does deserve a lot of the credit. I mean, Chris Dunn relishes these opportunities to go against, like, the league's best players. You've seen it against Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, when the Bulls played the Heat, sure, they lost an OT, but Jimmy Butler had an awful game aside from the 20-plus free-throw attempts. Chris Dunn had that man on locks most of the game. He was playing terrific defense throughout portions of his game. And, and the same thing happened tonight, too. I think Chris Dunn is clearly one of the better defenders in the league. Um, he doesn't have an offensive game yet, which kind of hurts us on the other end, but he did play pretty well tonight on both ends. Um but when the Bulls just seem to play a superstar, or at least somebody of a star caliber, you know, kind of level, Chris gets up for those games, and that's when we normally see him get those uh, better games. And it was the same when he was a starting point guard before Levine came back in the 17-18 season. Dunn would always have his best games. I remember uh, when the Bulls were on that seven-game winning streak, we played the 76ers, and Chris just keep hitting clutch shots over Ben Simmons all day. And so this man does not shy away from the moment. Sure, he might not be the stable point of, you know, our offense, but he does his thing when it comes to winning. And... Zach Levine, I mean, talk about winning. This dude tonight specifically was outstanding in his own remarks. I mean, he did have a few bad errors, specifically, you know, the one um, he uh, didn't he didn't hold it out. He tried to go for the two for one. He tried to drive it over. I think it was over Mo Harkless or something. Ended up losing the ball and it turned out to be Clippers' ball for like fifty seconds left. Yeah, that yeah, that so was, yeah, it was against Harkless. Yeah, that was that was a big point Harkless. in the game, man. Mm. Yeah, so Zach – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matthew. You, no, it's all good. Talking. So, it's all good. All right. so Zach, like, that was obviously a bad error. But he made up for it. The Bulls got the defensive stop. He came right down. I think that's before Denzel Valentine hit the three. And then that's a big shot for Denzel. And then, you know, Zach came down, got the M1 to win the game. So he definitely made up for that error. And he had 31 points tonight. And what I'm liking from Zach is he is improving on the defensive end and – he can get criticized all he wants, but the improvements are there. The advanced stats are starting to turn towards his favor. He's never going to be, you know, a Chris Dunn. But Zach Levine is starting to become a serviceable defender in this league. I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I've been really pleased with what I've seen since Jim Boylan called him out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, I've been pleased with Zach on the defensive end as well. Um, and especially tonight, because he had to pick up PG a couple times in that fourth quarter where he stayed on his feet. He wasn't fighting. He wasn't biting for fakes. He stayed on his feet, man. He very actually decent footwork defensively. I think you could agree with that. I yes, mean, he had yep. pretty you know decent footwork defensively tonight. And I, Zach is sick of losing, and Zach wants to be a superstar. And I know that you are a country, a couple countries over, whatever the hell you are. I'm bad at geography, <laughs> but I know you see all the Chicago media stuff. We talk constantly. He says that he wants to be a superstar, Josh. I think that he's finally starting to carry himself that way. Now, it's going to be hard for me to give Jim any credit for Zach doing that. I think that Zach's doing it in like despite Jim. But I do think that you know Zach has really stepped up recently. And I know he had a bad game uh, last night, which would be, if people are hearing this Sunday, would be Friday night. So it would be Friday night's game. I know he had a bad game against Charlotte. But, you know, Zach's been has been good for the last about what? What would you say is fair? About three weeks? Since that Charlotte game, man. He's been yeah. balling. Yeah, he's been balling. So, I mean, it's just 
the way I look at things right now, Zach Levine is, is making a case. If he can turn it around and help this Bulls team start winning and, and how he's been playing since that Charlotte game, he's making a case for an all-star run. I don't know if he's going to get there, Josh, but the Eastern Conference sucks so bad that it, he might. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be real. He he might. The Eastern Conference is real bad. Yep. But yep. um you know, I've been very very just impressed with with him as as of recent. So everything that you just said I agree and then to piggyback again, I know we're kind of jumping back and forth, but to piggyback again, dude, Chris the whole Chris Dunn thing, you're absolutely right when you brought up that seven game winning streak. Remember when he was hitting that midi consistently? I'd love to oh, see man. that comeback. Oh man, I love that. Right. I would I, I'd love to see that come back, Josh. If he, if that could come back, think about that coming off of your bench. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That is something you don't want to just trade. You know, I think we can get him for pretty cheap too when the time comes, uh, if we have to. You know, like I just, I like, I like Chris. I, I like him a lot, and I feel confident with him being a leader off the bench. But. You know, we we could talk about this for hours because I'm just a. You know what, dude? I never called my stan uh, myself a stan about anybody. I am a stan, whatever the <laughs> fuck that means for Chris Dunn. Like I love that dude. Like I just love that guy. So, let's get into the last play, man. Let's get into the last play. I, I wanted to bring up that one annoying timeout. I know what you're talking. You know, before we get into the last play, you know what I'm talking about, right? That Jim Boylan timeout after uh, <laughs> when the Clippers were. Uh, taking free throws and it just killed the Bulls' momentum? Yes. yes Did they yep. say anything about that timeout during the broadcast? I wanted to ask you about that. No. That's why I went straight to Twitter. I said, why the hell was Jim Boylan blowing any Bulls' momentum and calling a timeout? It made zero sense. That was probably Jim Boylan's biggest mistake of the night, calling that timeout. Um, it just didn't meet, need to be made. The Bulls, you know, they had the crowd behind them. Bowles was probably out there getting hyped, waiting for, you know, Zach Levine to come down and hit a three. And then Jim's like, nah, stop this shit. Timeout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was his first biggest mistake. His second business, biggest mistake was playing Ryan R.G. Diacono any minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious, oh, man. man. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you. I was curious because, like, everybody where I was sitting looked at each other like, what are we doing? And I, yeah. I, you know, I had looked at Juice, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, we just call a timeout, and then I, as soon as I looked down, you had a DM already sent, and I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, they call. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, this is gonna kill our momentum, and sure as shit, it did. It mm-hmm. really did. And again, this is why I can't give Jim any credit for tonight's win because I feel like the team won despite his bad calls, but. God, ah, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I swear to God, that guy pisses me off. Like, he might not be a bad person <laughs> oh, man, in real you life, me, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. He just does, man. Uh, that's he funny. Does. That's funny. He pisses right. me off. I want to like. He's Did a he nice... stare you down at at the game? Did you say yeah. he stared you down? Yeah. Because I, I, we were, we walked oh, over man. and I screamed. I was like, if I sucked this bad at my job, dude, I would have been fired a long time ago. And you know, I'm not like trying to be a dick, a dickhead to him, but like. I want, okay, a little bit, but, you know, like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing, guy? Like, just the, the, the calls, the, the, I will say, I guess the smugness of Jim has gone away since the Bulls have been getting their asses whipped as of recent. He's like, he looks more like a sad puppy now when he's on the, when, when he's talking to the media, not, not more so like how he was in the beginning of the season. Smiley Jim. Right, exactly. Like in the beginning of the season, he was like, well, yeah, I didn't play him because I didn't want to. Now he's actually giving some answers and shit because he's like, oh my God, I might suck. Like, you know, this is not good, but 
Yeah, no, just I can't. Like, I couldn't believe he did that timeout. That that shit pissed me off so bad. And then I I will get into this last play. His play call out of the timeout originally, before they uh, L A took the foul they had to give was frigging terrible. It was like give Zach the ball. He's gonna come off a screen at the top, mm. and then he's gonna try to drive in. I'm like, yep. dude, that's that's what you came up with in two and a half minutes. I, I I don't get it, dude. I I don't get it. Like Zach's athleticism, thank God, is elite. Like his he might be one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic dude in the NBA. But that that play call was horrible. So then we come out of the foul to give. Zach gets through a couple defenders, gets to the rim, meets some contact, but gets the and one to pretty much win the game. What did you see on that play in the TV? Because I damn near dropped my phone when it happened. <laughs> so just going back to the before we get to Zach's play, you're talking about the poor play design from Boylan, and that that happened again in the third quarter when the Bulls are up 14. Uh, when the Bulls, you know, their, their momentum dropped, Jim called a timeout. The lead was cut to I think four or five, and then Jim called another timeout. And then the play design of that timeout was so awful. It was swung around the perimeter until it got to Thaddeus Young with five seconds left. This was midway through the third <laughs> quarter. And this man, Thaddeus Young, thought he was Zach Levine and tried to go for some like crazy acrobatic play. Yep. And he got fouled, but it was the biggest bailout. And and they went to Jim Boyle, and he was clapping. I, that was not the play design. I swear, that was that was not intended to happen. That was the biggest bailout of the game. Uh, and, in, and in the second play, out of a timeout to, to win the game, Zach Levine was going one-on-one with Paul George, maybe one of, if not the best perimeter defender in the game. The, the, the game plan was for Zach to get the ball and go to work, go isolation mode on, on Paul George. And then Paul George fouled him because the screen was coming in from Wendell Carter with like, what, six seconds, seven seconds remaining? Yep. And it was the most ridiculous play call. I don't know what you guys are thinking like up in the stands, but just watching that, I was like, why is Zach Levine going one-on-one with... Uh, why is that going one on one with Paul George? Like Larry Markinen, I think he had like Mo Harkless on it. Mo Harkless is six foot eight. Like just give it to give it to Larry to face up and hit a midi for the win. Like something like a little easier. That obviously the Bulls won the game still, so I'm not taking any credit away from you know Zach. But and it's obviously not his fault. The play was designed him go one on one with Paul George. But I mean, the Bulls need to realize that every opponents realize that Zach is going to get the ball every position down down the stretch for the rest of the season until someone else establishes himself as a second star Zach Levine is going to have the ball in his hands and teams recognize that that's why we saw Paul George on him all damn night because Zach is the only scorer on this team the Bulls need to find other ways to score especially in the fourth quarter not only take some pressure off Zach Levine but to to almost um what's the word I'm looking for almost to uh confuse the defense because the the defense they're, they're thinking okay this is going to Zach Levine let's just make sure we're playing real high on him you know let's switch everything make sure he doesn't get a shot off other players around him are trash they're not making anything Larry Mark is trying to throw the ball from from the three-point line back out to Zach in the fourth quarter he doesn't want the ball like someone needs to go and demand the ball to take some pressure off Zach and develop into that second star to play off him down in these fourth quarter situations I don't know how you feel about this but some pressure needs to be taken off of Zach so that not only will it confuse the defenders, but you know it, it just it just means the ball doesn't get stuck in Zach Levine's hands for the entire fourth quarter. Uh, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's unfair. You know, I mean, obviously you want your ball, the ball in the best hands, in the hands of your best player. But in mm. this circumstance, dude, like what I don't like about the play calling when it comes down to these moments, and we've seen a lot of these this year where the Bulls are are in it at the end. And the game-winning shots coming up, 
It's the same thing. And it's always the same thing at the end of the half, too, if you look at it. If the Bulls have the ball with, you know, 20 seconds left and the shot clock's turned off, what is it every single time? It's either Kobe isolation or Zach isolation. No one is moving without the ball. It's just yep. like the other four players might as well be at the bar with me grabbing a beer because they like it, it's just like one on five, dude. There's no ball movement they, at, at all. There's no there's no one moving without the ball. There's none of that. And I agree that someone does need to earn that right to get the ball because you know like no one has earned that right to be the second guy next to Zach. But maybe if you establish a play that keeps your players moving without the ball to confuse the defense where they know Zach isn't just going to shoot it, eh, maybe you might get something. Maybe you might find, you know, get somebody to emerge out of that, right? But we're dealing with Jim here. So it's going to be literally Zach, get the ball. Everybody else, get the hell out of the way. And let's see if we can win this game. And that's what happened tonight. And fortunately enough, the Bulls turned it into a win. So, I mean, I... Like you said, you can't complain about it. I can't complain about it. They turned it into a win, and I guess I'll take it, man. I guess I'll take it. Yeah, and just just touching real quick on Zach, too. One thing I've noted over these last couple of weeks is that no longer is Zach Levine settling for taking those tough setback threes to win games, specifically that Warriors game at home a couple weeks ago, if not last week. Like, Zach Levine is at his best when he's getting to the hoop. If you can give him a runway, we saw it last season on national television against Philadelphia. You give Zach Levine a runway, you know what's going to happen. You know, I'd say at least there's at least a 75-25 chance of Zach's one-on-one at the room, no help defenders. You know, he's scoring that thing. And tonight was a good example of it because he's so athletic, he's so quick, that quick first step can help him blow by any defender in the league. And that's when he's at his best. Zach can get hot, and that's when you like him taking those step-back threes. Starter clocks, you don't want him taking that. That's why he got benched in that Miami game because the first possession of the game with 20 on the shot clock, he pulled a step-back three over Jimmy Butler. Zach Levine's decision-making as a basketball player and as a, as a first option on a NBA team is drastically improving in terms of, okay, I'm going to drive this one with a chance of getting fouled. And we saw it against the Raptors, too. He lost that game for us, but he did try to make the right basketball play. He couldn't get the pass up to Gafford, who would have won the game. But instead of settling for a tough you know, step-back three or a face-up three, you know, he's trying to take the ball to the basket. And I think... There's the better play for Zach Levine when the ball's in his hands down the stretch. What you just said about that Toronto game is what I exactly said on that Bulls on tap immediately following that game. <laughs> everybody wanted everybody wanted Zach to try to dish the ball into Daniel Gafford when he was crashing the paint, right? You're throwing the yep. ball into traffic. Like that's that, I mean, that might be a turnover. So what would you rather do? Would you rather hey, it might be a turnover, but DG might get the ball and be able to dunk it, or, hey, should I try to drive this baseline, initiate the contact, try to get the shot up, and maybe get a foul? I'm going to take the second option instead of turning the ball over and having no shot whatsoever. So I, I hated that. A lot of Zach got a lot of fucking flack for that, and that pissed me off real bad. I was really upset about that. I don't, I don't think he should have got the, the hate that he did for that, but I'll I tell you, man, he you're right. He's been improving. He's looking like a... You know, he's looking like a very, very solid piece. Obviously, you know, we have a lot of season left. Um, hopefully he can be the piece. I don't know if he can be that guy, but let's continue watching him grow. Let's continue, uh, you know, seeing him help us win ball games and formulate an opinion going from there. Um, you got anything else to add to this episode, man? Because I'm about out of beer, ready to grab another one and ready to call it a night. <laughs> uh, just quickly, we just got to give Denzel Valentine a bit of praise. Oh, go ahead. Uh, let, let it fly. I'm not C. Uh, Red Fred by no means, but I'm a big Denzel Valentine fan. And 
the way he's progressed from missing 12 months of basketball to being out of a rotation to now playing 25 minutes a night. And I think by the end of the season, if Otto doesn't return, we might even see Denzel Valentine be a starter by the season end. The way that he has progressed and rose through the ranks since having that season-ending injury has been like outstanding. This dude three weeks ago, he was getting so much. He was getting like harshly criticized by like a lot of people because you know he can't defend. He's too slow. You know, he doesn't make the right play. He's he's too selfish. He got got fifty put on him in the Drew, in the Drew League by Frank Nitty. Like <laughs> <laughs> like Denzel Valentine cops a bit of the heat, but he's came back. Bit of an ever. He looks a bit quicker since that surgery. I'm going to give that to him. He looks a bit quicker. That floater has been perfected to maybe the the ugliest looking shot, which somehow goes in, and the most random, wacky shot that he somehow perfected. And the three-point shot is just so quick, and it's so pure. And this dude played the last, I think, 15 minutes for the Bulls, and he did not disappoint. He had maybe the biggest shot of the game that was not taken by Mr. Levine. And... Wow, 16 points, four rebounds. And Denzel, I think going forward, is going to even have a bigger role on this team. He he deserves it with how he's been playing. All right, I got a fun little lightning quiz for you real quick. Not even a quiz. It's actually just like a, a, a would you rather or what's worse. Right. Okay, ready? Joakim Noah's jump shot, Denzel Valentin's floater. Which one you taking? <laughs> <laughs> which oh, one's, man. Which, <laughs> one, which one's prettier, Josh? Which one's prettier? Well... <laughs> well Joke and Noah uses two hands, and Denzel Valentine uses one on the release. So, I think I think we're gonna say Denzel, but it's not by a long shot. They are both the ugliest looking thing with uh with Antonio Blakeney pull up mid ranges. I think that's oh, 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 oh you had to throw the Blakeney thing in there. Come on, man. God, that oh, guy. Man. How about how about that guy, Bulls Nation, saying we made a big mistake? Is, is he? In Let's the start NBA? him. Yeah, Silent he, to Zachary. What are we doing? Nah, yeah. he's playing in China, man, or Thailand. Or he's playing in the middle of nowhere. Right. He, he's, long gone. Say, he's not <laughs> even in the G League. He's not even in the damn league anymore. He's gone. So there, there you go. Kevin Durant openly endorsed that guy. Shows you how much Kevin Durant knows. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that, uh, man. Don't even well, bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ain't got anything else to add, man, thank you for coming on. Everybody, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Checking out all of Josh's articles, my articles, everybody's articles on ontapsportsnet.com. Josh, throw them your Twitter handle real quick. Yes, so you guys can find me at Josh J. Bulls Hoops on Twitter and then obviously Bullish Hoops on Twitter or any other social media too uh, if you guys want to hear more of me. <laughs> and, of course, uh, keep listening to Bulls on Tap. Happy to be on here, man. No, absolutely. This is this will not be the only time you're on here. Like I said, you're going to start getting integrated in. We're going to start making this a, a, a fun thing. And, you know, I'm always down to help support your other pod just because, you know, you're a good dude. And I, I love having you a part of On Tap. So, again, everybody be sure to check it out on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. We will be back on Monday when the Bulls play the Thunder. So be sure to check out the post game after that. Let's go Bulls.